And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm well, you know, I'm not really like a fan of anything anymore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite moments of every week. It's the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Under the Radar. With me, as always, my friend and yours, Ian Khan. It's the baseball show. Your friend of mine, Derek Van River. Confirmed baseball. Did I say football? Yeah. Oh, you know why? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think I can actually say this out loud, but we're working on a major football project, and it's been taking up my entire life. Subliminal, subliminal, <laughs> subliminal. I don't think it's. I think it's very liminal. I think it's right at the front of my head. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a podcast thing. It's uh, but every waking moment of my day is dedicated to it until Friday. Super liminal. Good times. Yeah, exactly. Extra liminal. Um, on today's show, a lot of stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, I think the biggest headline is Leody Tavares was called up by the Rangers and started two days in a row now. So, you're welcome. If <laughs> <laughs> you picked him up a month and a half ago when we mentioned his name on a show. And We've talked him. about him quite a bit, and you brought him up a couple of weeks ago. I read an interesting article uh, that said, I think it was Levi Weaver who wrote this in The Athletic, um, saying that they were holding him down until he was ready to come up and stay up for good. That that was their plan. And then Eli, and, and it was like, yeah, he's kind of ready, sort of ready, but we want to make sure he's fully ready. And then Eli White goes down with a fracture, and there he is. But so with that information, you got to think that Leo Tavares is up for good unless he really struggles. I mean, this Texas Rangers depth chart is uh, something to behold, man. This is a, this is a playoff team. Mm. We like that? Mm. Uh, Here's guys, the thing. come on. Yeah. I like your optimism in general. Like it, your optimism brings me joy. <laughs> the Rangers are this weird second place team that no one talks about. And they're not bad, but no one really seems to believe in them on the outside. You're the first person I've heard make any suggestion this team has a, a possible path to the playoffs. And I think with expanded playoffs and you know, the way the, the league is right now, it's it's not out of the question. But it, I look at that roster and I see them having taken a pretty big step forward from where they were, having a few young players uh, you know, like Tavares coming back, uh, like Ezekiel Duran getting an opportunity, guys that are pretty interesting players. But I, I think they're still a few pieces short of being a team that we see playing in October. But they'll make those trades, though. I mean, if they're close, this is the thing. Like, I think the Rangers pointed in the right direction. Have some pieces where they could make some nice trades and get, and get some stuff back. Oh, look, Ian's guy, AJ Alexi, still can be called up. Um, last I checked on Kohei Arihara, he was actually having an okay year. And, oh, nope, not anymore. He's up to 5.4 OERA. <laughs> but only 1.31 whip. <laughs> Forget about him for a minute. Um, Glenn Otto, when he's over COVID, and hopefully you know, this is a, a quick one and not one of those you know weird two-month ones. Um, John Gray, our guy, having a great year as a pitcher. Spencer Howard, uh also not doing amazing in the minors, but could straighten some things out. I mean, there's, they have A, they have pieces they can call up, but B, they have pieces they can trade. 
and bring in. You know, I also like need. the way they're doing it. Like I kind of like. What if they trade for Frankie Montas? No, it's all right. That's an interesting idea. That would help a ton. Um, but what I like about what they're doing is like they're giving guys chances to come up, play, see if you can make your make your mark, and if you can make your mark, you can stick. They've got Brad Miller, who Wilson Caraman and I picked up on Monday to go right into our lineup in Devils Rejects. So it was like, you know what? He's got six righties this week. Uh, Yuli Gurriel is struggling. Let's put Gurriel to the bench. Pick up Miller. Put him in uh, for the week. They've got like a lot of interesting little pieces. Jonah Heim, a catcher that that I really like, and Sam Huff. I mean, I think DVR really likes Jonah Heim too. I mean, you know, Simeon starting to hit. Seager is solid. Adulis is actually Adulising. Um, which is awesome. And Cole Calhoun has had a bit of resurgence, though he's sort of fallen off a little bit. And Nathaniel Lowe, so like, he's really been great lately. So like, they got a lot of nice pieces. DVR's guy, Josh Young, is coming up, Is will be back eventually. I don't know, this year? What, didn't he tear up his shoulder, like, beyond I this thought, year? I thought, I, thought he had, I thought he had the possibility of coming back. Um, but like, even if he doesn't, he'll be back next year for sure. But like Salak is still there. Like they've got some decent Bubba, y- your boy Bubba Thompson. You know, so like, dude, that's what this yeah. is. What I'm saying, man, trade Bubba Thompson no, and a couple guys tra- for Frankie Montas. Well, all right, yeah, I guess you'd have to. I mean, angry, angry Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun, I think, has already been DFA'd. Yeah, but he passed through waivers and he's just hanging out. Yeah, I mean, sure, send him to the A's. Send send Clint Frazier to the A's too. Everyone should go to the A's. Uh, Although Christian Bethencourt is on the A's, and we're going to talk about him later because I love Christian Bethencourt because we talked about him at the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I like the trajectory of the team, you know, I do, and they they're obviously trying because they gave a lot of money out to those two guys. I don't know; it's not impossible. They're fun to watch. They're a fun team. They need another pitcher. DVR, right? I mean, let, come on, that's that's a, that's a fixable problem. More pitching. I think the the problem with needing more pitching right now is that. Most contenders need more, so the cost in terms of what you give up long term is going to be a lot. I think if they were going to add players, it wouldn't be rentals. So someone like Montas could make sense because he becomes a free agent yeah. after the end of mm-hmm. next season. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a team that's going to push chips in as, as uh, looking for rentals. I think they could make a few trades and still play the middle. I think they look at the young core they have, some of the prospects that they don't want to trade, guys that will likely be on this team. By this time next year, you know, Young will be completely healthy by then. He'll be up. He'll be playing. Uh, I think you look at Jack Leiter, he could be up. Mm-hmm. You could look at someone like Josh Smith who came up and got hurt. He should be playing a regular role on this team. Owen White could move up a couple levels and probably be a big leaguer by this time next year. Cole Wynn. Uh, and they have other prospects other than those players, too, that are maybe a little further away. And I might even be missing a name or two. So they have a bright future. I think they could be – think about the Mariners where they were this time last year. Even if you don't see a Julio Rodriguez type player in the Rangers system, they've got that wave of young talent coming. They might hang around longer than people think. They're more watchable than people realize. And there's probably a little more fantasy value for some of these names that get opportunities as they get these chances because the lineup is is not bad. Dude, this is a team that went out and got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and yeah. spent money and was like, we're not screwing around. I think like if they're one pitcher away, they're, they're going to do the trade. Maybe. I mean... And this is a team that can, and they could roll. I mean, they could, you know, you got John Gray anchoring the rotation, I guess. You got Martin Perez, who's crafty. Um, you know, Dane Dunning's up and down. Um, you know, I guess going out. But I mean, like, imagine adding one more very good pitcher to that mix. That's a team that could 
go a couple rounds. I mean, they could win. They could win the <laughs> bless you. They could win the wild card. Dustin Harris Thank is you. a nice little uh, minor league piece too. Justin Foscue, uh, who I learned playing OOTP. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting it's an interesting team. It it, it actually looks like the, um, the the arrow is going up for sure. It feel it feels like the arrow is going up, and that's good. You know, also. I talked about Matt Moore a couple of weeks ago on the show. He got his first save the other night. Now, Barlow, Barlow yeah. was, um, he had pitched two days in a row, but Barlow has also struggled. Um, if you can pick up Matt Moore, if you have like that a weird kind of like giant roster or it's an ale only, I'm telling you, Matt Moore, he's, uh, he, he's, he's pitching well. He's, he's pitching baseball well. He's doing good baseball pitching. That bullpen. I don't know if you guys are, uh, you know, Greg Jewett fans, but he's been he's been talking about that bullpen for a little while. They got a Jesus Tinoco who just got, I don't think he just got called out. He just came up a little while ago. He's been striking a ton of people out. Um, it's a good. I mean, Matt Bush is pretty amazing for thirty six years old. Matt Bush apparently on Eno Sarah on Eno's Barlow Leclerc's Leclerc's coming back. Yeah, Leclerc. Wow, on Eno's stuff plus Matt Bush was. was I, I looked at it the other day, and Matt Bush was really high. It was really high up on that on that yeah. stuff plus list, um, as as is Barlow. It's for those of you in holds leagues. Well, yeah, but but it's always like it depends on your format because the, it's all about like you know stashing and streaming at this point, and and like who you choose to stash every week matters, right? Because they turn into something good. Hard to hard to know who to stash. True, truly, actually, though, because but Matt Moore, I don't know something about it. I was like, yep, there it is, Matt Moore with a save, and kind of did it easily too. Like, didn't really struggle with it. So yeah, Rangers, interesting. Hey, speaking of stashing, um, let's talk about streaming. You had that up on top of our rundown. I did. I, I I'm kind of just you know Rob Mershak and I are we're doing we're we're in the main event and it's going really well and we're trying to decide who to start every week and I just was curious with you guys DVR start with you and then go to Nando DVR when you're deciding between pitchers what do you use as like your guide like it, like I'll, I'll say mine at the end but what what do you do um, to make the decision between we had a, a decision to make between Jordan Montgomery in Toronto this week coming off a seven inning like masterpiece the other day but in Toronto and then uh gosh hold, hold on it was uh Montgomery or Corey Kluber on a two-start week uh at home uh, away at the Yankees and then away at Baltimore and then Joe Ryan coming off of a uh coming off the COVID IL and Cole Irvin against the Royals at home. And we had really one spot. And Michael Lorenzen at Seattle. So we got a lot of good pitching on this team that we can really choose. And Hunter Green is killing it. Spencer Strider's killing it. Um, but but what do you do to make that decision? And I'll, I'll share what I did at the end. Usually the volume, if you have the one spot and you get the one guy with two starts and he's not a bad pitcher, Corey Kluber would probably would have got that spot for me. There are situations where... Maybe you're protecting ratios later in the year where you could talk yourself out of it. But I think that's where I would have gone. I think the main thing I'm looking at is opponent quality. And in that case, for a two-start week, first matchup was bad. But the second matchup was, you said, Royals, wasn't it? No, uh, second matchup was at Baltimore. At Baltimore, right. Yeah, another bad team. So there's there's a handful of, of bad offenses. The Tigers, the A's, the Pirates, the Rockies, at least when they're not in Coors, the Diamondbacks. I think the Reds are starting, now that they're healthy, maybe to inch their way out of this group. The Royals and the Orioles. 
and the White Sox with all the injuries they have. Those are teams that you're genuinely trying to use pitchers against as much as you possibly can. So I think the way I look at it for a two-start week, if you've got a split where you've got teams that you're trying to avoid at the very top, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Jays, Twins are probably there, Astros are there, uh, those those matchups can balance each other out. Like one really tough matchup, one really easy matchup. It's kind of like having two in the middle that you'd be pretty comfortable with. Is that right? Is that how you think about it? I'm, I'm glad I brought this up because that's not how I think about it. Because you're stuck with both, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you can dominate a, a bad lineup just as easily as you can get knocked around by a really good one. And you can pitch fine in both, or you can pitch well against the good team and pitch poorly against the bad team. Like all of those outcomes are, are very possible. So I just try to balance it out and, and look at it that way. And if you want to quantify it, the Yankees are 20% better than a league average lineup right now. And if you look at the absolute worst lineups, only two teams are as bad as the Yankees lineup is good. The A's and the Tigers. Like if you want completely even counterweights, like you get WRC got it, got plus, right? There's there's that much of a of a gap between those teams. But again, we're talking about other teams within that range, teams that are 10% better than league average offensively. And again, Mets, Dodgers, Jays, Twins, Astros. Mariners are in that group too. Not a team you think about staying away from from a streaming perspective, but maybe one you should fear a little more than you do. Those those teams are are okay to throw certain pitchers against. It's figuring out where the intersection of pitcher skills and opponent quality meets. Right, that's that's more or less what I'm trying to solve. So Jordan Montgomery, I think, is a reasonably difficult pitcher to figure out because the Jays matchup is tough, but is Jordan Montgomery an average starter, a slightly above average starter, a well above average starter? Like where how how good is he? I'm not I'm not asking whether or not he is good, but how good is Jordan Montgomery? What's the trust level? Do you start him against the elite of the elite? It really depends on the alternatives. In your case, you've got plenty of good alternatives. So I wouldn't have used Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I most likely would have used Kluber. Some of those other names, I think Michael Lorenzen has pitched better than people realize. I so much better, yeah. I don't think that's where his baseline is, even though I think his baseline is probably better than I was giving him credit for. So I wouldn't have played him in that spot. Uh, But yeah, the main thing I'm looking for, I'm looking for the intersection of opponent quality and player skills and players like Montgomery, I think can be very difficult if you only have one other alternative and they might have a very similar situation. You know, you might have, you said Joe Ryan, Right, probably less skills than Montgomery, but really good results so far as a big league pitcher. And his matchup was against Seattle, so choosing between Jordan Montgomery and and Joe Ryan for this week was actually a really tough decision. If that was you know, a, a scenario that you had, all right. So I have so much to say, but Nando, you go first. No, go ahead, man. I don't have much to add. Like I do last fifteen and look for strikeouts. Go. <laughs> Great. All right. So uh, okay. I think that there's a psychology thing on my part that I'm frightened of, and it all goes back to Joe Ross. Remember last year? I do. I do. So I'm Joe <laughs> yes. Ross. Joe, I, I am smart, and Joe Ross is the man, and Joe Ross, everybody. So he's got a two-start week, and he's pitching Monday and Saturday, and on Monday he gave up 10 runs. Remember? I got Joe Rossed. It was like the gomber. It was the, yeah, it was the gomber. And then the week... From Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was in pain, suffering, sadness, and fear, and fear, where I just went, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to have to watch this happen again. 
Now, it turns out he ended up pitching, if I remember, the second game. I think he pitched great. He gave up one run in six innings and kind of got a little bit back. It was still a disaster, but not quite as bad. But it's that fear of the week of waiting that concerns me. So, like, like Carlos Rodon last week had been struggling before, you know, and then had an easy start at the beginning of the week and then had the Dodgers at the end of the week. I'm more apt to do <laughs> a two-start week. If it was Baltimore first and then the Yankees, I probably would have pushed harder for Kluber, right? Hmm. Because I would have thought, all right, well, he had success. And I, and then, you know, the, we've got trouble at the end of the week. We'll deal with it when we get there. And then, you know, it's a fresh start. So I think I think that played a part of it. Also, watching the Yankees all the time, just they're so, like, they came off a weekend where they scored, like, 18 runs, 12 runs. I was just like, eh. So, so that was an anxiety. Lorenzen, the reason we went with, the reason Lorenzen was a no-brainer for me is because I just love watching his confidence on the mound. He's the most confident pitcher, I think, going in baseball. Strider also has that same level of, I'm the man. And I think it has to do with Lorenzen being so stacked, like he's just ripped and strong, that I just feel comfortable. I feel confident. And and so much of the choices that are made at the end are me just sort of sitting, Rob and I, but if I'm doing it on my own, I just sort of think, what am I going to feel like while I'm watching this guy pitch? What is my level of anxiety versus my level of confidence? And watching Jordan Montgomery go seven innings the other day and be dominant and just sort of looking like the Jordan Montgomery that we imagined he could be. It's like, you know what? I I feel I'll go down with my guy. I'd rather go down with my guy. Kluber was very much on the conversation. Joe Ryan, uh, Mershak has a, a thing that I'm sort of coming to now, but it's like, you know, everyone has like their thing that, and one of Rob's things is that he does not like to start a pitcher, no matter who that pitcher is in their first start coming off of injury. Like, that's just a rule for him. So, you know, we go back and forth. We're very good partners. And it's like, all right, well, what do you think we should do? And he'll say, well, how, how should we play it? And I know that that's how he feels about it. So Ryan sort of was out of the equation. It's like, let's let him get his feet wet again. He's been out for a while. He's been out for three weeks, almost two and a half weeks. So he wasn't a consideration. Strasburg has been a disaster. I don't want to talk about Steven Strasburg ever again. I am, I am, I am, I am now along with everybody else going, Strasburg, you stink. Not personally, but just, you know, you can't trust him. So we did end up going for the week. Tanner Scott, who we picked up two weeks ago for like 30 bucks. Darvish, who was awesome the other night. Taylor Rogers, who's killing it. Soto, who's killing it. Logan Webb, who was awesome last night. Hunter Green, who is, guys, if he's available in a 10-team league, Hunter Green, you must pick him up. He is dominant when he's good, and he's more good than bad. I mean, his stuff is electric. You get why he's the second pick in the draft. Spencer Strider, and then the bottom two were Montgomery and Lorenzen. And, I, you know, we'll see what happens. Kluber certainly showed great last night. So if he shows again, and if either Montgomery or Lorenzen gets beaten up, we'll, we'll take the hit. I'll take the hit on it. We'll take the hit on it. But uh, that, was the, that was the mindset. And it was just, I, I really appreciate what you were saying about the two start weeks. And, and then if it's just one start DBR, if it's just one start, do you look at the opponent more or do you look at the past couple of weeks more and what the pitcher's done? If you had to, if, if it came down to that. I still look at the opponent, but I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about how healthy that team is also, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the, the White Sox are a good example of that. Even the Reds, just with all the injuries they had when India was hurt, when Votto was unavailable, yeah. when they had that lineup that was just mostly quad A players, four or six weeks ago it's been a little while now 
that was a lineup you could pick on even in their home ballpark and you weren't going to get punished for it. Now I think they might be a little bit of a, a misleading sort of trap team because the season results to this date are not that good. They're 10% below league average, but they're probably a league average offense the rest of the season or close to it. So at least in their home games in Great American Ballpark, now that we're in the very hot part of summer, that's a team that I'm less likely to aggressively stream against than I would have been you know, a month ago. So it does change a little bit, but I prefer if I only get one bit of information, opponent results matters more to me than recent pitcher performance because I think the recent pitcher performance can be heavily skewed by a very good or a very uh, bad stretch of schedule. Nando, can I? It's not summer yet, technically, DVR. Feels like it. See, last day of school, last day of school. Today's literally Spring. last day of school. It's great. Um, Nando, can I ask you this? Because did you guys have a crazy huge moon last night? Yes, we were. That was awesome. It was wasn't unbelievable. It? We were at the uh, the Philharmonic Park, like at Van Cortlandt Park. The Philharmonic did a concert with fireworks at the end. We brought our dog, which was a mistake. Never bring a dog where fireworks are being going off because they will go in, insane and scared. Um, but the moon was that, you know, twice a year harvest giant moon. It's a strawberry moon, they say. In astrology, it's a big deal. A strawberry moon. Go look it up if you're interested. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Nando, I want to ask you this because you're you're super smart on this stuff. What do you do about a guy like Brandon Drury, right? Brandon Drury is one of the top, what, 40 players in the game right now for his stats. Would you in a redraft league go and buy him or would you be afraid of the regression? Or would you say, you know what? Someone's going to trade him because they want to sell high. They'll they'll take my Tyler O'Neill for Brandon Drury, right? No, no. Or someone, you, but maybe you would give up Tyler O'Neill. No, not no, I was, Brandon Drury. No, no, no. That well, no. I mean, a week ago, would you have DVR? Would you have considered giving up Tyler O'Neill for Brandon Drury a week ago? Not quite, but maybe <laughs> before he came back. How much is Tyler O'Neill's value down now compared to draft day, and how much is Brandon That's Drury's value up? Like, okay, I, I got, I wait, I got a better. Even. I got a better one than Tyler O'Neill. How about Alex Verdugo? Perfect. Great. Okay. That, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, that's in the range. Better. Same boat without the massive power upside. Right. And well, O'Neill also, the thing that makes O'Neill interesting to me is the stolen bases. But Verdugo. Okay, great. So you have Verdugo. Perfect. That's a perfect one. You've got Verdugo. The guy's like, hey, I'm interested in trading Drury, who has second base eligibility, third base eligibility, outfield eligibility. He's awesome. Batting second in that lineup, playing every single day, finding a way to get him in the lineup. Do you trade? Do you go out of your way to trade Verdugo to get 
Brandon Drury. You paid in an auction. You paid uh, in a 15-team mix. You're paying 12 to $13 for Verdugo, and Drury was a reserve pick. Do you say, give me the guy who's good and hot now, and I'll give you the I'll give you the money? Or do you say, no, nah, I'm going to stick with Verdugo. He'll turn it around, and Drury's going to turn back into a pumpkin. What do you do with that? I don't know. Well, like specifically with Drury, I think I would be okay taking him because he's the same guy that we thought. I think we thought Colin Moran was going to be. Like the Reds have a ton of playing time. You know, there's there's room for him even if Jose Barrero finds his way up there. Um, Drury, I think, is still going to play and hit. Yeah, he's going to play. Uh, you know, he's done it before in a small park with Arizona, like many years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like so I think the skill is there specifically with Drury, and I think the playing time and the opportunity is going to be there, and I think they're going to cool off a little bit, but. You know, not to two thirteen. You know, I think it'll still be like two fifty five with power when the dust settles. Um, so yeah, I've got no problem doing specifically with Jury. I got no problem doing it. I like Verdugo, even if he turns it around, is just a batting average turnaround and maybe some runs uh, and some RBI maybe because of that lineup. But that lineup's not the same as it was like last year, the year before. So yes, I would give up my Verdugo for Brandon Drury because I'm not afraid of Brandon Drury in this instance. There are some other players I wouldn't do it, and I'd wait for Verdugo to turn around and hope he becomes, you know, yeah. eighteen homer guy that I was hoping he would be with a nice average. Uh, but, but yeah, for the right player, I don't mind. I don't mind doing it. DVR. In this case, I see enough that's improved with Drury where I'd consider it. I think it'd be more of a I'm looking for power, uh, looking for a power boost, trying to make a simple challenge trade. Maybe the other manager needs more floor uh, in terms of batting average. Cause I think Verdugo still probably wins that category, but the things that have changed with Brandon jury, at least compared to the last couple seasons that we saw him with the Jays, I mean, first and foremost, most importantly, regular playing time, but in the underlying numbers, he is swinging less at pitches outside the zone that he has at any point since 2018. That bodes really well. His barrel rates at a career best 12%. Miles ahead of where he's been to this point. And we started to see the uptick in hard contact from him a year ago during his brief time in the big leagues with the Mets. So he's hitting the ball harder. He's hitting the ball in the air and he's making better decisions on swings at the plate. And because of that multi-position eligibility, because this team, even if the offense is going to getting back to something close to league average levels, they're much more likely to be trading players away than adding any players to the deadline. His playing time looks really safe right now. Uh, so I think it's pretty close to even. It's just kind of a different way to get, let's say they're both $12 players the rest of the season. It's a different way to get that $12. Roger that. We just you to offer, I mean, what is this? Do you have a Brandon Drury? No, I was just thinking about, thing going on? I, I was just thinking about how much I like Brandon Drury. And how I remember when he was on the Mets like two years ago and he was up for like two weeks and just killing the ball, killing the ball, killing the ball. And then he got hurt again. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy, Brandon Drury. And then also he's bigger than I thought. I think I thought of him as like a little dude. But how DBR, do you know, do you have his uh, height and weight right there? <laughs> Tail the tape, DBR. 6'2", 230. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big dude. I think because he came up playing second base most of the time when he first started, I always thought of him as like, a, you know, 5'10". And then, I don't know, something about the name Brandon Drury. I was like, oh, he's a little guy, you know, a little dude. But he's not so little. He's kind of a big dude. You know what I'm talking? I'm just saying, like, he looks big in the box. He's a monster. These, they're monsters in the box. And then the other the other question or point that I wanted to bring up before we get into different players, and now he's got a great list of players, well, I actually have a hold this thought. Sure, go hold ahead. my thought. I got a six two two thirty guy. We're going to bring up in a minute, but go ahead. I really do. I have it's like when he said, it, "I'm like this." That, that's I read that last night. He's six three two twenty. Is it just me, 
or are, is there a time in the season every year where it's sort of easy to get closers? We spent all offseason. Now, NFBC is its own thing because you can't make trades. You can't do everything else. But it always seems to me like, you know, I can't get a closer. Oh, my God, I got to get a closer. I got to get a closer. Then sometime in June, closers show up and they're like 30. They're like 30. Oh, bucks. time to do the sit-ups. Let's go. <laughs> no, that's a phone call. And, and it's like 30 bucks for Tanner, uh, for Tanner Scott. That you can just get them, right? Or maybe a little bit more, like in it, it, different leagues, like sixty bucks or something. Or Diego Castillo for twenty-five. Or Tanner Houck. Like we picked up in GDD Tanner Houck and Tanner Scott over the course of the last couple of weeks, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. It just feels like, and it feels like it happens every year. It's like can't get a closer, can't get a closer. Now I got six, and then I can trade. I can trade them. DBR, do you do you do you know what I'm talking about, or am, am I just in my own little world on this? I feel like it's been difficult to get closers who have stuck for the most part this season. I don't know if I have a, like a seasonal a seasonal window where more become available. And I think maybe part of this right now is just that a lot of those teams are, are mixing and matching a lot. I mean, of the three names you mentioned, Tanner Scott, I think is the most interesting because got the job. Anthony Bender wasn't great before going on the IL mm-hmm. did enough bad outings where he left the door open to just lose the job while he was hurt and Scott could just take it He's and be it. the guy, He's the guy. They've, they've mixed and matched a lot less than those other two teams the Mariners mix and match a lot it's not just Diego Castillo it's it's Paul Seawald and we know they've got a deep enough bullpen where they can go to Andres Munoz and anybody else they like situationally if they want to get a save that way too Boston is a total mess for saves and how are they using him in the right role? Does, do you guys not like him more as a, a multi-inning? Even even if he's not a full-on starter, no. Doesn't he seem like the kind of guy you would put as a as a follower? You'd throw a lefty out there to get the first you know get the first inning taken care of, then bring in Hauk to go through the lineup twice. I get it, and then get to the bullpen. I get it, I get it. But the problem with the Reds for the Red Sox, if you look at the games. Like they've lost so many games in that last inning. Like they need a, you need a closer on a baseball team. You just need somebody that you can trust. Or I guess the Rays have their way of doing it. And I guess the Mariners have their way of doing it. But you need somebody who has the, this is an old WWF uh, intestinal fortitude to stand up on that mound in the ninth inning, up two runs or up one run and get through it. Like it takes a certain personality to do it. Hector Neuris can be awesome in the seventh inning. You throw him in the ninth, he's gonna he's gonna give up a run. Craig Kimbrell, it, it, he's lost some he's lost something, man, because every time is a is a darn near uh, is an adventure. And then they brought Hudson, right? That's his name, Hudson. Daniel Hudson. Yeah, they bring Hudson in, and it's like, all right, well, maybe Hudson's gonna take it. And he goes in, he's been lights out all season. He gets into the ninth inning and gives up two runs. It's like it's a different it's a different time of the game. Like it needs you need something special. And I like Hauk. I hate saying that name. It just I don't like I don't like how it sounds. I don't like saying it. But you, I think Hauk should be at the back of that bullpen. You know, that's not just because I picked him up in a bunch of places. But I really think like if you want to win baseball <laughs> yes, games, it is. admit it. it is. <laughs> well, partially, but also if you want to win baseball games, like Hauk is uh, is is your best bet to win baseball games. And he's a badass man. I I, I like that energy. Nando, what do you think? About the back end of the Red Sox bullpen, or just how? No, about about this whole closers? idea of the of the relievers. Well, I think I'm I'm tainted a little bit because uh, I edit Greg Jewett's column every week, 
and every like I just I mean you read everything he writes and this isn't like a sales thing for the Greg Jewett column but it is like he is the best and I you know I don't I don't feel bad saying it. this is not hyperbole he's the best relief pitcher writer in the world maybe um which I find interesting like to say and to know like that dude is the best like Zach Campbell's the best at getting balls this guy's the best at writing about relief pitchers dude, there's a guy in Sweden writing about relievers who is up there though just so I, you know. maybe but he's number two Sven <laughs> like, Sven in Sweden so I, I mean you could say in America but there's that guy in Sweden people are talking so I'll, I'll do respect to Sven um but this is like this is like it's so deep and it's just so uh he's right and he picks up on the trends quickly and he's on top of everything and he's just got like all these charts and everything and it's it's just so good. And so like, yeah, like I ended like, but the speculation is something that I haven't had a problem with because, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time, he's like, you know, look out for this guy, this guy, in the t- you know, he, he just, in this week he went through why Michael Fulmer is going to get traded and uh, is Gregory it? Oh, Soto okay. probably won't. And Soto probably won't. And why, that's why Soto's the guy you want in the back end of the Tigers rotation, uh, Tigers bullpen. And Soto has been, Soto has been excellent. Soto has been fantastic. And if you listen to us over the offseason where we were saying Soto by Soto by Soto, you you did well for yourself because he's his stuff has been awesome and he's been controlling it. And he's giving up a base runner a game pretty much, but that's it. And he's winning winning tight games. He so he has these turbulence categories. He compared them all to like, you know, flying on an airplane, there's turbulence. And so like, you know, the majority of them are low turbulence where it's the guy and then the next guy and then the next guy. And it's like Boston is all the way at the bottom on like the crazy, like highest turbulence possible. Plane every going week. to crash. Every week. It's just like Boston is a mess. The Boston, Tampa Bay, like they're in a category of themselves because they're just yeah. Cincinnati. They're just a mess. Even like Cincinnati's oh, yeah. not getting any saves and then they can't decide who they want to get the saves when it comes. I think that's wrong. I, I, I think people should, I think you should have a closer. I really do. I think it makes your team better. I mean, that's, I, 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 I that's my opinion. I, fantasy I, guys. Maybe. And can I, I'm going to bring up just one more thing because I'm curious, Nando and both of you, I really want to hear what both of you think. My partner, Wilson Caraman, a, a week ago, as we we're getting ready to set our lineup in Devil's Rejects, um, <laughs> he said, when is, he's a Red Sox fan, like forever, his whole life. I'm a Yankee fan. Like it's a Yankee fan, a Red Sox fan. Like we, and I don't like talking crap to people, but he talks so much crap when the Red Sox have won World Series and stuff. Anyway, so right before we have Nestor Cortez on the team, Cushing and Ari Sunshine dropped him, and we picked him up in the draft. It was really kind of fun. Sorry, sorry, Cushing. Well, they, sorry. When did they drop him? They dropped him. No, they only could keep twenty eight guys, oh. and he was on the bubble. And he was like, ah. And then I was like, yo, we got Nestor. <laughs> we he's got on Nestor. The bubble of twenty eight. I guess he in the preseason people were like, in he's not going to make the rotation, was. right? Yeah, we got him in the third round. We got, we got him. Uh, Rob Mershak and I got him in the fourth round of GDD. He's carrying us in GDD. You guys wouldn't let me keep him. Was <laughs> because he was on the bubble for 28. Anyway, um, Nestor Cortez, he he says before, he goes, Nestor Cortez, man, when is he going to stop being so great? Like, I'm so sick of it as a Red Sox fan. I said, dude, he's like giving us like eight innings a start. Like, we want him to keep doing that. He's like, nah, I just, no. And so then I spoke to him this Monday as we were setting the lineup. I was like, you happy with yourself? Like, you see what you did to Nestor Cortez? He's like, yeah, actually, I'm pretty happy. I'm like, dude, this is our team. I said, he said, yeah, we, and we have Aaron Judge on the team. And he says, uh, he, he, I said, aren't you happy when Judge hits a home run? He's like, no, not at all. I'm like, you go to our score. He, Judge, it's an OBP league. He's like, I hate it. 
I hate it. I'm happy to have the numbers, but I hate it. I'm like, we have Raphael Devers. Rob and I have Raphael Devers on our main event team. Every time Raphael Devers gets up, I want him to hit a home run. I don't care if they're the Red Sox or the Yankees. He was like, that just shows your your character. And so I'm just asking you guys. He didn't really say that, but that was the vibe. I was judging his character. DVR, when you're watching a game and your beloved Brewers are there and you're in, you've got a guy from Maki or from another league, Maki, where you and I are fighting it out, and Chris Pods is coming up. But DVR, I think you get the lead right now. Um, are you rooting for the guy against the Brewers who's on one of your big teams? Or are you like, no, always a Brewers fan, doesn't matter to me? I care so much more about myself than I do about the Brewers. And maybe that says something about my character, or maybe it's just a, a normal human thing. Like, this is my team that I put together and I want to win. So if I have to choose between me winning or the Brewers winning in the end, I will choose myself. I will say that if it's a Yankee pitcher who I own somewhere, and I own all Yankee pitchers somewhere except for Luis Severino, which is sad, but it's the way it is. I just didn't believe he was going to do what he did. When it's that, I can balance it out and say, well, no, Devers, I don't want you to get a hit off of Jordan Montgomery because I have him in AL Labor and I have him in the main event. So no, but like, it's always constant (laughs) math. It's constant math. But Nando, how are you about that? I'm well, you know, I'm not really like a fan of anything anymore, so I can separate my heart and my head. So you're just going for the for the uh, for the fantasy upside. Yeah. All right. So you guys know me like I you you make fun of me. Um at least you hint at it for not really watching baseball games or not liking the game of baseball. Um, so, you know, like I was, I, t- I think I told this Yankee story before about Jason Giambi in the locker room and the realization, like, why am I cheering for these guys? Um, yeah. 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 You did, yeah. And so it's kind of like, I like if the Yankees lose because Adelis Garcia is hitting four home runs, like I'm ecstatic. You know what I mean? Like I got, I got, that's money in my pocket, essentially. Adelis. Adelis. Driving in Laodie Tavares now. So like, yeah, what, what could be better? Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, so what I should have asked instead of a Yankee fan is somebody's fighting, playing against your beloved Texas Rangers and yeah. uh, John Gray <laughs> is on the mound. <laughs> How do you feel about it when one of your... So, all right, yeah. I, I, I thought he was wrong. I thought he's wrong. I'm like, we, we're in first place right now in Devils by like two points. Finally, it's such a tough league. It's going to be so hard. There's too many good teams. So it's going to be boop, 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 boop. But... Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, dude, we need every possible upside that we can have. You need, I need all your rooting interest to go into Nestor Cortez, even when they're not, especially if they're not facing the Red Sox. He's like, I will not. It will not. Oh, happen. come on, you got it. Come on, I know. Then, then don't play fantasy. You can't have both. Oh, right. I don't know. I mean, he he's uh, there, there's something about it also that I, I admire. I don't know. It's, it's it's like I'm partially annoyed by it, and I'm partially like, ah, eh, these guys are real, you know. He's a he's a real fan. I'm a real it's like, fan. It's like I'm you know but, I'm shopping for steak, but I want to eat chicken. Like you, you make up your mind, dude. Like it's one <laughs> or the other. I mean, sometimes you just can't have both things, so you have to decide which which one do I want. Yeah, and it's really simple yeah. for me. I I want my team to win. Like the team I built, I want I want DVR to win. It's, it's either the Brewers win or DVR wins. You can't have both. I'm rooting for myself. And one more fantasy idea, like this, the same thing. Sorry, no, no, I'm totally taking it over for a minute here. Uh, that's fine, man. Um, the, what do you do if you have a pitcher? Like, let's say I've got Lucas Giolito in my friends and family league. Uh, and I actually have Lucas Giolito in Maki now because I just traded for him. Um, but, and then you're in another league where you're fighting somebody and they have, or let's say I only have him in one spot. And they, the guy that you're fighting for first place has that player. 
What I do is instead of root against the my player, I just feel like if I own just even a piece of the player, I'm rooting for him. DVR, is that what you do? Yeah, I, I don't try to have it work out perfectly where the player plays well, but not so well where I can somehow win both because of this magical sweet spot performance. I just want the player to play well. Right. So if he's your, Nando, same for you. If, if you own him, it doesn't matter what everyone Karma's going to come back to bite you if you're rooting for the wrong thing, I feel. Gotcha. Yeah, I, that's how I feel. I mean, it feels a little like monkey, like, monkey paw kind of situation, you know? Somebody hits a home run that I know is on another team, but I'm like, oh, well, I have them over there. All right, good. You hit a home run. You know what I mean? It's, these are just the little little mindset questions that I think about with fantasy baseball where I'm just like, does anybody else ever think about this stuff? Um, anyway, that's it. That's all I got. That's it? Nando. That's it. I mean, Christian Betancourt, but you, who's, who is 6'3", 220 pounds? Narciso Crook. All right. It could be Narciso Crook. I'm not uh, going to need a... I think it's Narcisco. There's no, there's no, I actually misspelled it in the in the rundown. Oh, it's okay. Because I thought Narcisco made more sense to be rolling off my tongue. But it's N-A-R-C-I-S-O Crook. Narciso. Is it Narciso? Narciso. Narciso. Love it. Ooh, look at Narciso. Yeah, I mean, look, so on a complete tear right now, his June numbers, uh, this is the, for, for Iowa, he's Steven Gonsalves' teammate. Uh, 390 batting average, 457 OBP, <laughs> six homers and two steals. And so, you know, you take attention. You know, like, oh, wow, this guy's been very hot lately. Um, six home runs in June, and it's only June 15th. Not even summer yet. Uh, and then I went back and looked at his numbers, like, in the minor leagues. I'm like, you know, he's so not the greatest batting average, but not the worst OBP. Like, if a guy's got, for me, 100 points uh, above his batting average, his OBP. So if he's batting 254 and he's hitting about 350, and OBP is 351, I'm okay with that. Like that, you know, that's a guy who has patience at the plate, can walk a little bit, whatever, whatever. And that's what he is right now. Last year he was 244 and 355. That's 100 points. Um, had some decent power. 14 homers last year, 10 the year before. Well, two years before in 2019. He's hit double digit steals a few times. Um, you know, the most plate appearance he's had in the last, his career is 402, but in the last few years has been like half a season. 347, 374. Um, so anyway, 26 years old. I'll call him developing power, or maybe he's finally arrived with his power. There's a situation in Chicago where the teams, you know, everyone's, oh, they're miserable. What are they going to do? Uh, inject a little Narciso Crook, right? Narciso Crook comes in. Boom. <laughs> Jolts the Cubs to life. Much in the same way Adelis Garcia did. Except I like, I mean, Garcia I liked a little more because he was Cuban and he had that that experience uh, in the Cuban leagues playing at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Narciso actually went to high school in New Jersey, college in New Jersey, uh, I guess for a minute. Uh, you know, started as an 18-year-old in the Cincinnati organization. So not exactly the same thing, but it kind of reminds me of that power I think is is real. DVR? Uh, nah, I, I don't think so. DVR hates him. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible, especially with a team that's going to move some more players and, and open up opportunities. And look, I've been wrong about Patrick Wisdom keeping a spot and just continuing to smash home runs despite a really high strikeout rate. He's going back to last season. He's got 40 home runs now since the start of last season at the big league level. And he has improved the K rate a little bit this year. So anything is possible for a rebuilding team. Yo, know, his Twitter handle is that outfielder. Does that change anything? <laughs> Someone called him that outfielder somewhere along the way, and he just embraced I, it. He could probably sell that for a that. lot of money. 
He's big. That podcast. Yeah, so he's he, six foot two, six foot three, two twenty. Yeah, he's big in the box. I know it's my new thing. Big in the box. Ooh. I mean, I don't know if the numbers and the age isn't great, right? And what's the strikeout rate like? DVR, do you, um, you're it's not terrible. At 32% at AAA. Mm. 32%. What do you think Patrick Wisdom's strikeout rate was at AAA last 19. season? 19.5. Prior to last season. It's got to be higher than that. Under 30%. He was at AAA for parts of four different seasons. He spent like eight games there last year, so that sample doesn't matter. He's but for big. parts of four seasons, Patrick Wisdom was at AAA, and he kept his K rate under 30%. I think there, if there's one hitter profile skills flaw that I just can't really get past, it is striking out 30% of the time or more at AAA. Like a, a strikeout rate at that level against that competition, it just doesn't work for me. Here's what I'll say about Narciso Crook. Um, a good name to put in the back of your head as an under-the-radar player, not necessarily to be grabbed right now from what I'm looking at, but keep an eye, and Nando's going to keep an eye on him. And because he has one thing I really like, he's big. I like big that's your, Luke Voigt, that's your Luke Voigt factor. Hey, speaking of Luke Voigt, man, I this week on Monday, he, he was heating up over the weekend, and we had to figure out a way to, in DL1, um, we're like, hey, you know, and, and we, we somebody was injured, I forget, an outfielder, and I was like, we're putting Luke Voigt in this week. He's been on our bench all season. And Rob's like, okay, let's go Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt is heating up, folks. Like, if he's available in your 12-team league, he could be. He's not going to be available in a 15-team league. But even if he's available in a 10-team league, I would I would be in on Luke Voigt right now because I think, I think he's feeling good. I think he's feeling healthy. He's doing the little hop step that he does after he hits the ball real hard. I, I just, I just want to be, you know, Luke Voigt, guys. You know, just speaking of Voight, uh, I know Tommy Pham has become almost a joke. And, I, you know, I'm I'm pro no, Tommy Pham. Good, man. Well, that's good. what I'm saying. Like, I kind of enter, like, if you wash away all the fantasy football stuff, where is Tommy Pham uh, in terms of, like, fantasy goodness right now? I want to look on the player radar. I, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Tom Trudeau is sending, is constantly sending trades with Tommy Pham for pitching. And I just can't make trades with Tom um, Trudeau. Because it's just too, it's too tough. But Tommy Pham is actually, I think, pretty dang good. Do we know what his numbers are? He's a, he's the number ninety nine player in baseball right now. That's what I was looking for. Oh, you mean roster ship? You mean his actual statistics? Yeah, no, he's he, I, I I've got it. I've got it now. I was looking every once in a while. I look at the CBS player Raider, um, but every once in a while I look at the ESPN player Raider. Now that I'm back in my friends and family league, where I played a very famous actor named Frederick Weller last week, who is who listens to the show. Um, Fred Weller, if you deviate, Nato, you'll look him up. You'll go, oh man, he's a big star. We're not going to talk about acting, but what's his name? Uh, Fred Waller. Fred Weller. W e l l e r. What's the guy? Um, who's the who's the guy who was a uh, RoboCop? His uncle. No Mike, way. I believe. Yeah, yeah, his uncle. But Fred and I did an off-Broadway play together 10 years ago. Um, and we, you know, it was... Anyway, not Peter Weller. That. Peter Weller was RoboCop. Peter Weller is RoboCop. Fred Weller is his nephew and is a fantasy baseball player and I, I believe listens to our show every week and loves it. DVR? How many... Yeah. Uh, 1.5, Ian. Over, under times, DVR has seen RoboCop. Uh, under for me as well. I'm going to say the over. Nah. DVR? The, no, under. Oh, come on. Come on, no. one time? No, never. No. He's never seen RoboCop. I bet you've never seen, seen The Godfather. He's not watching. The, he's not watching Robocop. 
Uh, yeah, they, that stuff sneaks through. He wasn't even born when RoboCop came out. RoboCop came out in like 1984, 85, something like that. Maybe I even feel like it's more like 89. Maybe. All right, hold maybe, on, I think, I'll it might be that RoboCop out. three. Sorry, I got to get off Frederick Weller's page for a minute. <laughs> Tommy, but Fred, Fred's got Fred's a great Broadway actor, really substantial actor, really good actor, good guy, and a good fantasy baseball player. 1987, so I was in the ballpark. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Tommy Pham, what you were asking me about, what you were asking us about. Five stolen bases, 200 at-bats. <laughs> How do we his get to OB, RoboCop? His, because Fred Weller. His, his, uh, his OBP is 346. He's playing all the time. I think he's a, in a redraft league. He's really good. I don't want to buy him in a dynasty league. I'm not going to pay for him in a dynasty league. I'm not going to give you Darvish for Tommy Pham and Tyler Alexander. Is that who it is from Los Angeles? The pitcher, the lefty pitcher? That was an offer I got this week. I'm trying to see where I know Fred Weller from. And I'm still trying to figure out a pun name for your team with a couple tanners on it. I know there's something in there. Okay. Sorry. Um, DVR? <laughs> if I'm not DVR, answering, that's why. DVR, what is that? What do you think of that trade offer? I hope it's okay that I said that out loud. You played Brian Wilson in the Beach Boys. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's a substantial actor. Uh, DVR, is that a fair offer in a Dynasty League? <sighs> Not really, right? Yeah. It's like it's like fifty eight forty two, isn't it? Yeah, so it's not the it's not terrible. I mean, no. I think the question here is how how good is Tommy Pham though? Like, fair question to ask, right? Five for five as a base stealer this season, kind Walks. of on pace for t- low twenties for homers, mm-hmm. a dozen steals maybe at the end of the season. Projections have him at as high as 270 the bat axe has him hitting 270 the rest of the year with a 362 obp really and a 460 slug i mean that's a very good player and that's with almost double digit speed the rest of the way and he and gets he we, gets hurt though he does get hurt gets dinged it's like if you were projecting him for for games like let's say the baseline projection for a player in 162 games is like 150 right a couple days off a couple of bumps and bruises 150 sort of like the max you'd project anyone for You'd probably project Tommy Pham for 135 or 140. Right. You'd project him for like one short IL stint at this point. So it's it's like very moderate injury risk. I think he's the kind of player who, in those systems, won't hurt you in batting average, might help you in batting average, and he'll probably be average or better across the board. He's exactly the kind of player you should trade for because I don't think it's that difficult in general to get him. He's not a player that the person that drafted is going to be completely attached to. A little older. It's kind of a bad team. 
I think it's he's a good target. But what do you what do you think sense. of that trade offer? And I, I'll call Tom before the show airs because I think he he listens every week too, just to make sure. Say sorry. Look, we talked about your trade offer. He offered Tyler Alexander and Tommy Pham for you, Darvish. No way, man! I would slap that one down like a volleyball on a low net. <laughs> in, a, in a week when it's summertime, I, I think the question there is like. How much long-term value does Darvish actually have? Are the are the strikeouts coming back? Yeah, he's he's pitching great, man. The the results are good. The ratios are really good. He's only thirty five. He had that one bad start. If you take that one bad start out, he's been. I mean, he had one terrible start, and it was early. It was like his second start of the season. And let me see where it was. It was, yeah, it was the second start of the season at San Francisco. He gave up nine runs. That was really bad. But since then, like, he gave eight innings, seven strikeouts, got the win at Chicago, seven innings, six strikeouts, no runs against the Mets, got the got the win. St. Louis, um, seven and two-thirds. Like, he's he's substantial. He's a substantial pitcher. He's, he, his season stats right now are this, I mean, 3. Still 3. Darvish, right? like point nine. Is... He actually is still you, Darvish. I think that's a little, I mean, I think Darvish, because he's got a really deep arsenal, can age better than the projections expect him to. But this is surprising to me. The bat has a rest of season projection on you, Darvish, of a 458 ERA, a 126 whip, and 93 strikeouts in 105 innings. And Tyler Anderson, who I think now is pretty safely in the Dodgers rotation, is projected for a 478 ERA, a 128 whip. 77 strikeouts in 96 innings, so slightly worse, but a really good team context, right? Plenty of wins, great, great bullpen depth, plenty of offense for run support. A lot of things to like there. And then, of course, you get fam as part of the trade, too. I I don't think it's I think it is 58 42, like you were saying before. I think I'd rather have Darvish, but I don't think it's a bad offer. Hold on. I'm confused. Tyler. I see Tyler Alexander. Are there two Tyler Alexander's? No, there's no, there's a Tyler Anderson. Okay, I said, Tyler Alexander. I, I, did I say Alexander? Because okay, it's Tyler. I, I knew, and there's a Taylor Rogers and a Tyler Rogers. Yes, that I know. They're twins. And there's a Tanner Hook. Hook, <laughs> Hook. Yeah, there's no Tanner Hook. There's no twins in the in the Rogers family anymore because they traded him. But what is what is Tyler Anderson looking at this year? <laughs> Taylor Tyler Rogers are actual twins. They are not Minnesota twins. <laughs> right, sorry, that's right. <laughs> Even though they throw with different hands, twins. They are, no, but they, they you are get twins. what I say. Taylor Rogers was on the twins. That's why I got to. Yeah, so you're you're dead on right. Okay, so he's seven and zero with a three point oh seven ERA, eleven games, fifty eight innings, fifty five strikeouts, one point oh two three. I don't know, man. I didn't like it. It's a tough question because and I, I needed the and, and look. I ended up picking up. He, Tom is smart because Tom looks at what your team needs. I, we don't talk about trading as much as we used to on this show. Like the key thing to if you want to make good trades, people always say to me that it's so easy to trade with you. Wow, it's I really enjoy trading with you. The reason for that is I do the work beforehand to figure out what they need and how I can make it good for them. So they're like, yeah, done, totally, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Makes my team better. Makes your team better. Let's make that trade, right? Tom Trudeau makes a lot of offers, but he he does that. He says, your team needs OBP. Your team needs a bat. You have so much excess in pitching. This is before Yavaldi went out. Uh, those and Strasburg went out again. What a, what a pain in the butt that guy is. Jeez, I can't even tell you. Um, but, so, but, but when I get an offer from 
Tom. I'm always a little, I'm always just a little like, you know, it's like playing uh, Phil Helmuth in poker. It's like, do I really want to get in this hand with you? I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure I want to play this pot. I think I'll just pass that fold. <laughs> Go ahead. You got it. You take the take, take it. No, I'm not going to, I don't want to see your raise before the flop with an ace nine suited. I'm nah. Maybe someone else I'd get in the game, but no, thanks. You can move it along. Um, Tyler Anderson. Hmm. Interesting, though. It is interesting, and I do like Tommy Pham, even though he punches people, slaps people. What else What else do we have? We've been talking a lot more fantasy baseball. I know everyone's like, oh, some of the people in the comments were like, oh, violence is not an answer. How can you support someone, Tommy Pham, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I really want to reach out and see if he'd want to write a fantasy football column for us this year. You could. Because <laughs> I, I, I think I he would do it. I don't think he would. I bet uh, yeah, he would. I, maybe. But also, it was. it's not right for him to put his hands on another person like that. It's just not right. I, he told oh. him he was going to pimp slap him, and then he, he he's a man of his word. Okay. Yeah, I don't, not think, a, not I don't think telegraphing the slap makes it any better. It was, like work, a, it was like a wrestling slap, too. All right. <laughs> I we, don't think... We get, I don't know about that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason... But I don't think, like, it's not like he was arrested for it. I mean, he just slapped the guy over fantasy football rules. He could still... Nah, that's passionate about... At work. Would you read his column? No, I mean, no, I wouldn't. But I don't play fantasy football. But no, I... I, I you don't do that stuff at work, man. You, If he saw him out at a restaurant and say, come outside, I want to talk to you and did it. That's different for me a little bit. Not that that would be good. That's either. how actors do it, right? <laughs> actors don't hit each other. No, we don't hit each other. We, 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 oh, give you, each other hugs. Would you, like, uh, you want to rewind like three months? No, there's no, there's no hitting. <laughs> the biggest story in the last three years is an actor hitting an actor. Oh, that's right. But yes. And, 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 and I wasn't a fan of that either. Like don't hit people guys. Yeah, Use seriously. your words, walk away, step away. One guy to step two is Edward <laughs> Oliveris. Go pick up Edward Oliveris, please. He's really good. I he, want to keep saying ridiculous things to watch you stretch for segues to things. <laughs> well, no, but but let me say this about Edward Oliveris. Edward Oliveris, before he got hurt, we were talking about him. We told you to pick him up. If you picked him up and he's on the IL, he's coming back. He's going to get a chance to play again. He was leading off in that lineup. That team cannot hit. They cannot hit the baseball. He was hitting 375, I think. He hits home runs. He runs Edward Oliveras. Guy wants to trade me in my AL only league. Yeah. MJ Melendez, speaking of the, the Royals and not hitting. But he's kind of hitting, actually. MJ yeah. Melendez for, uh, for my Frankie Montas. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to, no. But I mean, the thing is, it's AL only. So if Montas gets traded, it's old school. So if Montas gets traded to the National League, I don't have him anymore. Interesting. Yeah. How, how long can you keep Melendez? <laughs> I offer him Alex Verdugo. Uh, he's a 5C. You can bring him down to 5A. But next year, when he's a 5B, I can extend him up to two years, which would make him 10 and then 15. Uh, they got a lot of rules in this league. Yeah, I, I like all I like all the little rules. I, you can get a little bit more than Melendez at that price. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't want to trade... Oh, so. I think he can. I traded McClanahan for yes. Giancarlo Stanton. And something else, right? Yeah, I forget what the other, what was the other thing. I think it was Plezak. Yeah, Zach Plezak I got back. Yeah. I, uh, truth? Yeah. Always. Yeah, what, what kind of response do you yes. want? Well, it's, oh, it's done. I don't, need you, I don't need your help anymore, so I feel like you guys are in the safe zone now where you're like, you got ripped. 
But I don't think I did because I'm getting home runs and batting average and runs and RBI. What place are you in in this league? I'm in fifth, and I'm within 7.5 points of first. But I'm no. also 7.5 points 10th. No, actually more than that. It's like 17. It's there's a there's a bunch of us between first and seventh. But I've been sitting in fifth for a while. But I got like I'm 18.5 hitting points and 36.5 pitching. I think it's an important thing to say to friends when they're talking about something. Would you? Someone told me this really wise once. Would you like my opinion or would you like support? Is a good thing. Is a good thing to ask people here. I don't. I don't care if I'm the the. The poster okay. child for making a bad deal in my ale only league. That's a great way to put it, though, because, it, you know, do you, do you want me to tell you to get back together with the person yes. you shouldn't get back to? Or do you want me to tell you that person's a disaster for you and you should run as far as possible while you can? That's actually probably where it was coming from. It's like, what do you need right now as a friend? Because I think a good friend can tell you both of those. things. And also, if you share your opinion if you share your opinion when they're looking for support, <laughs> it's not going to go well for anybody. So that's why that's why you ask. And, and, and one key thing I always do is like if I meet a, specifically if it's like a female friend of, of Nicole's or of, my, of, of ours and I, I meet a new guy, my first thing is I always say, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. So that eventually when they break up, I can say I never liked him. <laughs> you, just, you just go, I go that way with, that with all nieces, all cousins, I meet the guy until the wedding day. I go, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Sorry. And it's like, no, really? You have to like him. I'm like, well, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. Like, well, why not? It's like, so that when you break up and you're crying, I can look at you and say, I never liked that guy. I told you he was no good for you. I could be the one person who says that. So yes, Nando, back to you. Would you like, so you're saying you'd like our opinion, not necessarily our support. Listen, we are a advice show and people are listening to us for help with their teams. That is correct. I think I assume people are doing that. So that I mean, is like, what I, they're know. doing. And that's why we're trying to talk more about fantasy baseball today than ever. And we will continue to do so because it's fun to talk about fantasy baseball. And people liked it. Chris, Chris Dolan told me that. Chris Dolan, Lennox's dad. He said, yeah, it's a good oh, show. It's goodness. always a good show. Another fan. He's a baseball player. That kid can play. I'm telling you, that kid, that kid can play. After, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. DBR, what do you think of the trade? The trade is not a trade I would have made. But I do think Giancarlo Stanton has become underrated. Because he will likely outperform his batting average projection and be good in that category. The power is still there. The run production is there because the lineup is good. I think the thing that I I don't like about Stanton, that most people don't like about Stanton, is that you have considerable injury risk. So there's a chance you don't get the power that you need just because of things that are out of your control. And I think where the trade bugs me more, it's less, it's less about Stanton's skills it's more about what you could have got instead. I still think you could have got more in terms of long-term value, especially, yeah. right? This is a keeper league. So, it's a dynasty league. He keeps forever. Right. So yeah. 32-year-old Giancarlo Stanton just scares the hell out of me from a long-term perspective, even if he's an underrated player that might help you in the short term. I, I think you had an opportunity to get a special younger player back in the return yeah. for McClanahan making that trade. That's That's to me why I don't like the deal not because in the projections it doesn't directly help you in the short term. I think you left long-term value on the table. I you wouldn't talk like trade. this to Eno. <laughs> sure I would. You, you asked for the opinion, not the sport. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I know. I, 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 my problem with the trade is I never want to give up that much value long-term for in-season help because everything is about who makes the first move in a trade. Who needs to make the trade? 
some of my favorite moments, like the, 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 the way to make trades is if someone has a need, I wait for a Giolito, uh, Freddie Peralta to go down, that team, or somebody who just went down, a, a star pitcher, and say, okay, you want to replace your star pitcher now. You need to replace your star pitcher. Like, yes, I do. Now they need something because what you, you were coming from a position of in a place of need, you needed power and you felt, I need power. I need power. I got to make this move. Anytime I make a move where I'm like, I got to get this deal done is always a mistake because what you want is a 50, 50 trade. But if you're looking for your own viewpoint, you want a 55, 45 trade. I think you gave 40. I think you got 42. I think he got 58. And I think that's, I, th- I, I think yeah, but this is coming hands. from a guy who took a dog to a fireworks show. So like, <laughs> fair enough. Yes. Fair, well put. Well put. Um, I just think McClanahan uh, is a top five dynasty pitcher at this point. I just think he's. I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think Stan. But so that's why it's a Xander. I want you to get a Xander Bogarts back. I want you to get a. Uh, you know, you wanted Louis Rob Luis Robert back. You know, and you couldn't get that, but that's yeah, but I'm, what I'm, I'm dealing with. What I can deal with, I get you know it. I mean? but like, I, yeah, no, but but sometimes, those, sometimes not making the deal is the, is the, is right, the right choice. choice. Sometimes just saying ah, I don't have the power right now, but maybe I can make a smaller trade without McClanahan, and I can get Hunter Renfro, and I'll get I'll get lucky. Renfro will play almost every game the rest of the season. He'll hit as many home runs as Stanton unexpectedly, or only one or two less, and the run production and then you hold lag a little. Premium. But at least I got at least I got better where I needed to get better without hurting my core long term. Yeah, but this is a this is AL only though. A name like Hunter Renfro. Going back to closers, right? The the tides change. That's the point, right? It's like the ocean. It's like you can't get a closer. You can't get a closer. Now all of a sudden you can get two or three closers, or you have a team that has forty saves and needs steals, and all of a sudden you can trade Jorge Mateo and get two closers for him because they need steals. I just I I, I never want to give up value for need to that level for me for me because it's it's is this like it's a league with contracts is that or is that a different league this is a different no, it's league. league with contracts yeah this is it and what is the contract on McClanahan right now 10b 10b and you can extend him to a 15 20 yeah he can extend him to 15 and 20 got it and then what is stanton's contract right now oh, who knows man you gotta i gotta pull up the page let's just say 32c <laughs> All right, so not really not much long-term value in the contract either. It's okay. I, I, there's a chance that Stanton was 10 bucks in the draft yeah. a couple of years ago because he's been hurt enough and there was actually some more long-term right. savings in there. That's possible. Yeah. My team, scroll. Giancarlo Stanton, 26B. So Yeah, so not, not like a, a great value long-term. But yeah. I mean, I got, good, I got great pitchers. So I just got Shane Baz back. Shane Boz, however, saying that one. I think it's Baz. It's Boz. It's Boz. Well, there you go. I think it's I, we we think it's Baz or it's Boz. I, to give you uh, some dap, though, no more Mazzara. No more Mazzara got picked, got called up the day after our show. Yeah, how about um, that? And and I knew that we were talking about No More Mazzara on the show. I called Wilson Caraman. I said, if we want No More Mazzara, we got to get him now because we're Nando talk like sung a song to him and Chris Marr from baseball pods. I was like, we, we can pick him up before the show comes out. We only had one pickup left because we 
because you only get four in a week. And it was between Tucapita, Marcano, and Nomar Mazzara. And uh, I was sort of on the fence. And Wilson was like, let's go with Tucapita. And I was like, all right, all right. But I think Mazzara is going to get picked up as soon as the show airs. And then, of course, the show aired. Chris, who listens to our show and tweets out about it, which we were very grateful to him about, uh, picked him up at like 7.05 in the morning. He was like, wow, you were right. Wilson was like, you were right. I was like, yeah. I was like, after. And then he gets called up the next day. And now he's playing. And he's hitting. So I picked him up in deal one. I picked him up in Maki. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good it's a good time to pick up Nomar Mazzara, even in a I and he's 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 platooning some. So I don't know if I would pick him up in a in a twelve team, but certainly in a fifteen team link, he's pick upable. I agree. Give you your dap on that, pal. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's just me searching for home runs on milb.com. It's I can't take too much credit for it. It's anyone can do it. You you have also on this list Zach Greinke. Like we, we've gone way over. Yeah, all right, we got two more minutes. Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke. What did you see? I know what I saw. What did you see? I just wanted to put question mark and see what you guys thought about Zach Greinke. He came back to his, he did his rehab start in the minors. He went five, uh, four and a third, I think, with five strikeouts. Could be that he's just so darn crafty. The AAA guys don't know what they're doing. Could be that he needed a little break. In a 20-team league, he's in a, in, a, in where he's in the AL and AL only league, I sure, I'll pick him up. I'll pick him up for sure. 20-team league, I'll pick him up, put him on my bench. I don't know if I'm picking him up. 15-team league, though, because he just doesn't strike anybody out. DVR? Yeah, he's he's a streamer now in 15-team leagues, and it's basically for two-star weeks because he needs two starts to get as many Ks as a lot of guys get in one. 42% uh, rostered in CBS leagues. Yeah, he's available. That is about a 12-team But once you get that little break and you go down and you get time to think about it, who knows? He could. He could. You know, he's a decent stash in a big league. If you don't have to start him right away, decent stash. Still is that grinky, you know? Yeah, he's old, man. Uh, he's old. I feel mean right now. I just feel mean. Why? I feel bad. I'm what? sorry, Nando. What'd no! you do? What happened? Don't feel bad. I just I just feel feel mean for, for telling you what I think about that. No! Trait. I need to hear this stuff, but That's I feel what, good about it, and I disagree and, with your take. So, and you know. support, <laughs> and we asked we asked the, the niece-boyfriend question. Would you like my support, or would you like my opinion? And he said, this is an opinion show. I would like your opinion. And you shared your opinion. I shared my opinion. We're good. It was a good show. We talked fantasy baseball. We listened. We made the freaking adjustment. Do you think Peter Weller has ever critiqued his nephew's uh, dates? <laughs> his dates? I don't know. I could ask him. Yeah, ask him. Find out. I'll call, I'll call him right after the show. I'm going to yeah. call Fred. Fred did, Peter, did Peter Weller ever pull that Ian move? Uh, it's a good move. I, I highly recommend that move. It makes your niece mad, but then eventually you can, you, you know, then it makes your niece glad. Like, you're right. You, he never, yeah, you never liked him. I was like, nope, never did. He's a jerk. He, he was a jerk. He is a jerk. Really works. And also, most of the time, they kind of are jerks, aren't they? Guys, you know, 18-year-old boys. Very very rare that that you come up upon one. You're like, well, that is a fine young man. I think that happened to me once where I was like, like, how do I not like this kid? How do I not like that? You know what? I like him. 
Six months later, he cheats on her, dumps her. She was like, you said you liked him. I was like, never again. I'm never doing that well, again. He was it's like, a Yankees jersey. <laughs> it's like picking up Steven Strasburg. Never, ever get involved. It, it, it's it's like dabbling in the trade process before it happens, too. You can't do no, that. No, don't. It, it, he's fine. That's just, that, it, that, if I have upside on a kid that I meet who's dating my niece or cousin, I'm going to say, <laughs> instead of, if I'm like, I really like this kid, instead of going, I really like him, I'll never do that again. Okay, he's fine. He's fine. I, I, he seems he okay. He seems okay. Not totally sold. He's like, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He spends his weekends doing volunteer work for the home. He's okay. He's fine. He's fine. That's just, that. That's my new. That's my new eighty grade kid. All right, we've gone over. Okay, <laughs> officially, <laughs> we gotta go. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We hope the show was helpful uh, for the guy who next week is taking his dog to Hershey Park. Ian Khan. Yes, I'm. Def- what? Because you dogs can't eat chocolate. I understand. Maybe that's just next level, you know? I was just playing. No, I was just playing along with it. You know? For the guy who's throwing away his brewer's caps for Team DVR ones. It's going to be a sick logo. And fun fact, two degrees separation between Peter Weller and Bobby Cannavale. That's, we'll get into that next week. Stand by for that one. <laughs> We're going to make Fred Weller and Jake Cannavale fight. I'm pretty sure they did a Broadway show together, Fred Weller and Bobby Cannavale. I believe they did Glengarry Glen Ross together. With Liev Schreiber in like 2005. Imagine. Imagine. Look at that star power. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, we got to go. We'll see you later. Uh, Good luck, everybody. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.